Welcome to the Dixie Polis Podcast. My name's Travis. And this is Luke. We are Southern Men De-Reconstructing the South. But anyways, we wanted to talk about hitting women on the internet. Um, <laughs> not, otherwise not, no. called? <laughs> uh, otherwise called Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Wonderful little Facebook. Well, I, I guess this could be really social media in general. Um, because it, it's, you know, Facebook really started it off. It's kind of like the the archetype of what happens to uh, social media companies. And uh, Facebook actually gives me a little bit of hope, uh, not because the content's great, not because the company's great, uh, but because they're so terrible that they've made a ton of money through glowy contracts and then turn around and blew their entire reputation uh, because they're terrible people. And they've, every other social media company has been following suit since Facebook really started taking those L's post 2016. Um, and then they tried to release the the metaverse, which you know failed spectacularly, um, which is interesting to say the least. Um, but I mean, Twitter's you know tripping over its feet again, uh, even with Elon Musk at the helm. Um, I don't know, maybe he can do something with it, but. Uh, I, I really don't think in terms of quality as far as making a social media platform that's going to do what you want it to do and um, allowing people to actually speak, say what they want to say. I don't think anybody's going to beat Torba in terms of quality. Uh, I apologize. I only caught like or what you said because my telegram just freaking crashed on me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, I was saying that uh, Facebook has been the archetype for social media companies. So, um, just a quick synopsis: they had this huge meteoric rise from all the glowy contracts, and they turn around and wasted it all post twenty sixteen by trying to manipulate everybody. Um, yeah, and uh, and when they get get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, well, see, you, you you say that gives you hope, but when they're caught with their hand in their cookie jar, I know of literally zero people besides uh, I say zero people besides the people that are quote unquote our guys. No one left Facebook because of that. Well, that's uh, not really true. I mean, they, their stock has been dropping as well, and then they they oh. invested in metaverse. Metaverse was a catastrophic failure, um, and so they're just they're just losing it left and right, um, and especially like even they're having to transfer. It's why you're seeing a lot of the the shorts on Facebook because they're trying to integrate Facebook and Instagram because Instagram is really the only thing making Meta money right now. Right. Facebook is costing them money at this point. I mean, I, I would I would hazard a guess that if if Facebook keeps going down the way that it's going, then eventually Instagram is going to basically you know 
start to allow porn on there. Um, well, they already it, it get, Well, yeah, but it's not to the... It's what me and you would consider porn, but it, it's not what everyone else would consider porn. Like, you know, you can see a girl's ass on Instagram, but it's not... It's not like Twitter is. Uh, but if they ever enter into that sphere, they're just gonna... You know, they can shut down many of the major sites um, just because of that. Yeah, uh, that's I don't want to get too lewd on that, but you know, uh, at the same time, like there, pe- people are already spending time on Instagram to look at, you know, lewd pictures that are quote unquote uh, safe for work. I guess I guess would be the 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 uh, the term for it. But once they just go straight up not safe for work, then you know, it's it's probably going to bring even more business because, you know, it's more readily available. Yeah, I mean, so the, you know, TikTok's going the way of the way of Facebook. I mean, they're they're kind of at their peak right now, um, but with all the revelations about how they're sexualizing children on TikTok, um, and how the Chinese company that owns TikTok has been using it to weaponize. Uh, certain ideas in the states. Uh, even the lefty politicians are wanting to stop TikTok, and I wouldn't be, I would not be in the least bit upset with it being banned entirely. Um, I, I think it may end up being banned. Frankly, um, there's people who what? have used. Wasn't Trump supposed to ban it, or he was trying to ban it because it was basically a Chinese spy, and then. No, I didn't yeah. Microsoft buy it or some he was, crap. He was trying to. I don't know if Microsoft bought it or not, but he, he had an executive order against TikTok. But, I mean, I, the, the TikTok in in China is not the same TikTok in the United States. Uh, the the yeah, TikTok in China is, is way more filtered. Well, everything's more filtered in, in, in China, but it's not just more filtered. The kind of content that they're pushing on TikTok in China, I've, I think I, I think I heard it on like Joe Rogan or something like that, uh, that the TikTok in China is, is basically like inspirational and motivational. And and over over here, it's just consume and, you know, consume and be fat and lazy. Oh, here's this other bullshit trend or whatever. Uh, here's some dancing nurses in front of a COVID patient that's literally dying. Uh, because you know, the, these thoughts want uh, want clout, and I, and I yeah. do mean thought. Most nurses are thoughts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not hammering on that one tonight. <laughs> uh, we dropped the spiciest of takes. Um, the uh, the the TikTok in China is actually, from what I'm aware, is actually pretty wholesome, and and yeah. the the Chinese government's making sure that's the case. They don't want, you know, degenerating influences happening in their society. And they're, they're actually intelligent for not wanting degenerates to, you know, govern the minds of your children through saturation. Um, but this kind of gets into the larger, the larger issue here. Cause I mean, starting with Facebook, uh, I've I've kind of grown a, a a kind of distaste for um, you know online reformed communities in in large part. There's there's obvious exceptions and uh, groups that I would point to that were good, um, but uh, 
you know, invariably what you would do is you would go into a group and you would be, um, you know, talking to people about random subjects here and there. And, um, you know, then the women would be offended. And as soon as the women get offended, there's, you know, there's that guy. Everybody knows who that guy is. Who, you know, takes their their protestations to heart and suddenly he wants to make sweeping changes to not offend the women. And um, this this balloons out and and by and large the the it's the females that we're talking about, but you know we'll we'll talk about the females of both sexes at a later time. Um but you know largely it is the women that drive this dampering effect. Uh, and this happened, you know, I was I was in on some of the early groups, uh CFDD and um I was even in the reform pub for a while. Um you know, I I lost interest in a lot of those Facebook groups because uh, you couldn't at some point you couldn't talk about anything um, and anything of any value, uh, anything that uh, would be beneficial to what you're, you know, parsing through in your own head. Um, you know, they would have this this tampering effect uh, of things you just couldn't say in public, and that mm -hmm. kind of spread outwards. Um, interestingly enough, and I, I don't want to rehash old topics, but it was usually the chemists that became the, the canaries in the coal mine. Um, as soon as the chemists start getting banned in a particular group, it suddenly balloons like mad. Um, suddenly everything is offensive. Um, there's one you know, pretty sizable group on Facebook that's still going as far as I'm aware. Um, it started with the chemists and the, uh, then it ballooned to, um, flat earth. Uh, I'm no fan of flat earth, but you know, it ballooned to that. And then it went to this group and that group and then this group and that, that group. And it ended up with, uh, I, I think that even Arminians have to be careful in the Calvinism group, because if you're Arminian, they're going to, you start hovering over the ban button. Um, no, I, I went into well, that that was actually my first taste of uh, of getting into reformed. I met you know one of our mutual friends. Um, actually, I met him on a uh, on a Christopher Cantwell comment thread. Um, <laughs> you know, I was I was just getting into like libertarianism and anarchism, and I was like, oh, I'll check out this Christopher Cantwell guy. You know, I, I like his content. You know, he's foul mouth, but I, I like his content. Um, or liked his content. I haven't listened to him in, you know, years, uh, way before Charlottesville. And, um, I met this guy. He liked, uh, one of my, um, um, anti-abortion comments on there. And, uh, he, he did, um, this particular group did Armenians day or something like that. Well, he adds me in there and everybody just dog piles on me. I think, um, you, you probably, if I, if I can remember half of, you probably know most of them. Um, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So then he kicked, they kicked me the next day because, you know, that I had served my purpose as being the, the slaughter lamb that night. And I, <laughs> I went and requested one again. And, 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 you know, it was a great group. You know, it was basically, it, it was literally a locker room. And we had a great time until they broke the number one rule of no girls allowed. 
And then right. that entire group just went down the pooper, you know, because we couldn't have man, like me and you are going to talk different and we're going to joke different than if we're talking to a woman, you know, I, I, I can't call, uh, I can't call a woman a son of a bitch without her getting offended. But you know, if, if me, me and you were sitting here just cutting up, you wouldn't take offense to that. Yeah. 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 I mean, of course we would call each other, you know, uh, anyways, anyways, it's not, it's not, that, that's not important, but, but, but the way that me and you talk in, in our all male chats, which 90% of our chats now are all males, which is amazing. Oh, that's yeah. on purpose too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have purposely kicked females out of my groups. Um, and it's just because it totally ruins the vibe. We've got to tiptoe around about what we're saying. We have to not be so crass and we have to take woman's feelings into consideration. If it's a guy they're, they're like, Oh, well, I just don't like the way you're talking to me. Uh, well, ah, because we're not going to put up with it. But you know, mama raised me. We don't say these things in front of women. Um, in, in fact, I think I might be too crass for women to actually listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> If I'm being well, quite honest, you know, you've got, you've got the other aspect here that, um, you know, in, in a men's group, if, if feelings do come into the factor, uh, there's usually something going on, um, that's already got the dude, you know, worked up. Right. And so that actually becomes an opportunity to dig into what's going on. And, uh, you know, he gets to, he gets to open up about some things and then afterwards you tell him to stop being a little bitch about it. And, and it usually ends up as, as a, as a, uh, a, a bit of growth for everybody. Um, a lot of those instances have turned into, uh, good moments of counseling one another in, in the word and praying for one another, um, you know, pushing one another to good works. Uh, but that's that tells you something bigger is going on if they get offended at what you're saying, right? That tells you something bigger is going on um, if they're touchy about a certain subject. Uh, but usually, you know, the the cutting up and the the sideways comments and the the backhanded insults are um, you know pretty pretty common. Right, and I'm not going to make fun of somebody that I don't like. You know, like, like if, if I'm sitting there just making fun of somebody, it's usually because I actually kind of like that guy. Um, right. I, I don't, you know, and most guys that were raised around other guys understand that. Um, now, can we take it too far? Sure. That's a totally different conversation. One I don't want to have. Um, but I mean, I don't really want to get onto that. We need all male spaces, but we do need all male spaces and we need them on social media. Uh, first and foremost. Well, I, I, I'm, you know, speaking to like reformed groups, I, I would almost say, you know, I know some of our listeners aren't reformed, but I would almost say that you need theological spheres where you're talking about theological issues and parsing through ideas and whatnot um, in all male spaces. And it's because you can talk about things in front of men that you can't talk about in front of women. It's just a, point of fact um there are just certain topics that um you know i because of the way that men are men are much less manipulative than women 
and so they're they're less likely to go after your emotions and more likely to go after your reason or your idea or um, the way that you phrased your argument or the evidence that you're using and less likely to go after, well, how would you feel if somebody said this to you? And so that makes the, the conversation much more honest, frankly, uh, because it's, it's about the ideas. It's about sharpening, um, sharpening your mind and, and, and developing better ideas and developing better arguments. Uh, I would make roughly the same argument for reform theology as I did when I first got on the internet and first got on Facebook. Uh, but my arguments are, you know, in 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 my view, uh, much more inclusive of the whole counsel of Scripture uh, than I would have made back during that time as well. So I, I have roughly the same argument and roughly the same position, but it would be much, much better hewned and much better sharpened than what I would have had years ago. And that's how it's supposed to be. And and that's been largely developed by. Um clashing against other other men who are you know thinking along the same lines or even flat out disagree um with reform theology entirely um my my biggest conversations with people who aren't reformed have been more in the universalist uh or as they call the rest restorationist position um and so that's been an interesting little conversation but um uh it's been it's been mostly the the input of of men that's helped me grow those arguments and helped me develop a better way of phrasing what I want to phrase well well in the same vein but I kind of want to take a turn here uh away from like reform groups you also need places of like-minded people uh it, it, you know and people are afraid oh if you get you know everybody's like-minded you're just going to have an echo chamber that's not exactly what we mean by like-minded. We, we don't want, you know, digital copies of the same person over and over and over again. But take me and you, for instance, we're of like mind. We're, we're of the same theological understanding. But at the same time, we're coming at this from two different perspectives. And we, you know, like, if let's just take a point of doctrine, for instance, I don't know, um, Superlapsarian and infralapsarianism. I'm going to use them $3 words right now. Uh, <laughs> we might have totally different ideas on it, but as we converse, we have the same goal in mind, and that's to sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron. Right. Um, and so something like Gab and Twitter, I mean, okay, so Facebook had a great, you know, in, in concept, I think Facebook is a platform was better if you take Facebook out of the equation, you know, with the whole group company. Yeah. If you, if you take the whole company ideology, you take the feds away, you take all that other crap that's, that makes Facebook evil and left, left it as bare bones as it is with, you know, you have your main timeline or whatever, so that everybody can see what you're posting. And then you have groups for specific um, interest or whatever. I think that was a great concept because you could take and um, and uh, uh, what, what, what's the term that I'm looking for? You can be hyper focused in this one group on this particular topic. So, for instance, yeah. you know the, the Reform Pube, you could go in there and talk about Reform theology. 
Okay. But then in another one, you know, you can be in a gun group and talk specifically about guns. I think that's a great idea. That's a great concept. And I, I think that Facebook implemented that great, except for the fact that they went totally gay when they implemented their, their censorship and stuff. And, and they're just surveillance, you know, everything that makes them fake and gay. Um, right. And I think Gab has a similar thing because Gab also has groups. The problem with Gab, though, is about 40% of the people on Gab are retarded. Now, that, that's not to disparage the retarded people out there, but I can't have a serious conversation with these guys because either they're stuck in 2016 and they're still waving their MAGA hats or they're, they're complete black pills. You know, so I'm not going to lie. The biggest thing that bothers me is all the Trump coins they want to sell me. <laughs> I really don't want to <laughs> buy Trump coins. <laughs> That's actually gotten a lot better. But, you know, um, that. OK, so with Gab, you know, I, I understand that I haven't put the time in that I put in Facebook and I haven't built these relationships there. But at the same time, it, it's really hard to whenever I'm. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm so far down the autist rabbit hole and then someone else is still stuck in 2016 or somebody went completely in the wrong direction down the autist rabbit hole and that they're going to, you know, freaking um, th- basically being a Q-tard, you know, or, or worse, you know, whatever worse right. than that is. Um, and and I, I think it's just finding our own little niche and I haven't really invested time to find that niche. Uh, now Telegram, I found some great groups on there that, that I converse in, and um, but at the same time, like I don't trust Telegram. You know, we're recording on Telegram, but it it, it really is a convenient social media network, but it's not all that great. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't know what's going on on the server, and and people paying three dollars a month or whatever it is for Telegram Premium is is definitely not paying the bills for how much crap is on Telegram. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the the whole dead internet theory plays into this uh, for, for all the people who are not in the know. Dead internet theory is that 51%—51-plus uh, percent of the internet is bots and not actual human beings— and so 50 guesstimation of 51% plus of the content that you see on the internet is not from a human being. It's from a bot. Um, so that the, the dead internet theory, it, it kind of starts proving itself out on some of these social media companies because you just see a lot of bots. Um, and I, I think that's kind of what the Trump, Trump coins were. Um, but you know, with with Gab, it's being able to speak what you, being able to say what you want to say without having all these artificial barriers in front of you. Um, it's refreshing not having to use all kinds of symbols and things just to say a word that Facebook thinks is naughty, and they'll give you a you know two month ban because of it or a perma ban for that matter. Yeah. Um, and you could post so, based memes. Yes. Um, so <laughs> that that was a you know a re- really refreshing 
turn of events. But, it, you know, one of the things that made those memes and everything really satisfying was because they were breaking the rules and um, the fun of, you know, violating the rules without looking like you're violating the rules is kind of gone now uh, because, I mean, it's Gab. They're not going to. They're not going to ban you or delete your posts or any of that other stuff. And so, uh, for me, I, it a lot of it was I'm looking for information. I'm looking for news, like good news. Um, uh, and and by good I mean high quality. I mean there's a lot of negative news out there versus positive news. Um, and the thing I found on Gab was that there's a lot of people who are still on there for the memes and the memes are not transgressive. Everybody is, you know, roughly in the same ballpark when it comes to ideas and politics and whatnot. So, uh, with my experience of it, using it, I used it pretty heavily for about a year, a year and a half is like, most of them are MAGA guys. Most of them are QAnon and with the QAnon stuff kind of running its course and showing itself to be a little bit of a fed up, in my opinion, um, now a lot of that stuff is really useless. It's it's counterproductive even. And so clearing out a lot of my content on Gab as far as who I follow and what I'm looking at, um, there's, been, there's been a little bit of good content on there, especially in the Southern Sphere, uh, but a lot of the national politics and um, aside from, you know, connecting as far as small businesses and whatnot, the the general politics have been just more of the same stuff. Uh, stuff we've known about for years that are just they're coming out with documents now instead of it being so obvious you don't need a document kind of a deal <laughs> like like Fauci covering for, you know, Weapons development over there in China. Uh, the the one where he was killing the the beagles. Is that it? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, but the you know, COVID being uh coming from that lab, that was everybody knew that. Uh, it's because of Gab, honestly. That was it was it was evident because Gab allowed people to talk about it. Um. You know, the, the supermarket, the, the, the outdoor market or open air market, whatever they want to call it, that the the pandemic, quote unquote pandemic started from is two blocks away from that <laughs> from that lab. <laughs> like it's like it's just a coincidence, sir. Yeah, you know, just just a coincidence. You know, the 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 lead researchers that had worked on that specific strain of coronavirus suddenly disappeared two weeks before um, you know, it was made public that this thing was spreading like wildfire. It's just a whole bunch of really coincidental things happened. Um, and Facebook was censoring and YouTube was censoring all of the videos that the citizen journalists from China were talking about. Uh, a lot of which got black bagged, by the way. Getting a little conspiratorial here. Um, <laughs> but we're us, kinda in us it, so get conspira us get conspiratorial. <laughs> uh, th th this this episode will now be blacklisted on the internet. Um, 
half of our listeners will not be notified of its release. Um, but, uh, you know, all this stuff, it was, it, it was known because Gab allowed people to talk about it. They allowed the videos of the Chinese citizen journalists to talk about it. Uh, and that's not to say that the citizen journalists got everything right. You know, there were some things they got wrong, but the basic, the basic plot was out there. Um, so, so but, here's my dilemma right now is, is, you know, you were saying that, um, uh, we, we were talking about the, 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 we, it was so blatant that we didn't need the, um, uh, the documents to prove it. And, and a lot of this stuff, people are like, Oh, this is breaking news. And I'm like, I, I kind of thought that we already knew this, you know, yeah. but I, I guess just hasn't been, Oh, here's inevitable proof. But yeah, anyways, well, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, speaking with, you know, family members about some of the stuff, uh, it's, you know, I told them Facebook was glowy 2016 because I saw what happened to Kekistan and all that other good stuff. Um, and they, they, you know, they've been hand waving me away as crazy, uh, right up until, you know, the last few years. Facebook goes in front of the 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 you know Congress and says, "Oh no, we're not communicating with Twitter and Google and all these other groups to you know create blacklists and shadow ban lists." And then, lo and behold, literally the next time they were in front of Congress, there's an instant messenger that was created just for connection between all these big tech platforms, and they're creating blacklists. And they're creating ban lists. Uh, it's how they targeted Alex Jones the way they they targeted Alex Jones. Um, and so as all the stuff's coming out in Congress, of course nothing happens to any of these guys. Jack Dorsey never had anything done to him. Zuckerberg never had anything done to him. Nobody at Google is going to have anything done to them. Um, it's just you know shock and awe and wonder that these guys get away scot-free with lying to Congress. There's, there's no problems whatsoever, you know, but they lock a bunch of people up for leaving water bottles in a certain sacred place. I'll leave it at that though. I don't want to get too far on the radar. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, maybe I've just been in the conspiracy realm a lot far too long. Of course, I'm, I'm not some of those that are, that are just way out there like the aliens did it because aliens are demons. Um, that, that's a conspiracy we should go down. But uh, I, so, I, I like to think of myself as a sane conspiracy theorist because some people make me look sane. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're way <laughs> out there. Um, you know, uh, people that are still talking that Trump is, is, is pulling Joe Biden's puppet strings. Um, and if so, if that is true, then we should never vote for Donald Trump again. I agree with that, anyways. But, um, but anyways, yeah, guys, he's in control. Trust the plan. Trust, Trust the, plan. the plan. Okay, so so if it, you know we're, we're we're talking social media and free speech, do you think that? something like gab should limit that like it should there be any limits whatsoever about what is actually posted like i don't want to get on the misinformation train because then 
who decides what's misinformation. But uh, there's there comes a point in time whenever we just shouldn't have people. We shouldn't have these type of people in polite society. They just can't be trusted with a keyboard. Or should well, we just ignore them and move on? Well, I think as far as social media goes, um, I think it was a a very wise decision of Torba to um, allow complete free speech. Because, uh, well, and I say complete. There's there's really two limitations. Number one, if you are crim- if it's criminally liable speech, if you can actually have a lawsuit lawsuit filed against you for you know libel or um, uh, you know if you're inciting violence or something in that case, uh, then you can't do that on on Gab. Period. And the second kind is Pornography. You can't have pornography on Gab. Which is well, pornography is free speech, so correct. So it should be pretty obvious um, what's good and what's what's bad for speech. Because I think Gab has done a really good job of towing a line, right? So it should be in the same vein. What is allowed in the public square? If I walked out into the public square, what can I actually say that is allowed within the law? And, you know, aside from a lot of these woke laws where they want to, you know, you, you have to use somebody's pronouns or something stupid like that. Um, I think the First Amendment's a good line. Um, I think that certain things should be curtailed in public as in uh, the primary force is not the sheriff's going to come up and arrest you, but it's completely disallowed because of its unpopularity. Things like blasphemy. If you say something that's blasphemous, you should be so maligned in public for saying a blasphemous thing uh, that you'll not say it again. And that everybody else will take note that, Hey, you shouldn't blaspheme. Uh, So I I agree with what you were saying. Um, I'm not so sure that I want the state to decide what blasphemy is at this point in time. Definitely not at this point in time. Um, but eventually, well, limit it to speaking ill of the divine persons or, or the the divine essence. I mean, it, it's it's if you if you say something negative about Christ and the Godhead, you know, I, I would be in favor of something like that. And that's just because of how terrible we've become as a society. Oh well, okay. So to to bring off one of our, uh, I know I know we've had our differences, but to, to quote um, Douglas Wilson, it's not whether a society has blasphemy laws, but which blasphemy laws they have. Uh, right. Right now, we can't talk about the the LGBT, LMNOP community, um, and we also can't talk about colored people. Uh, and I and I don't mean that as colored people as black people. I'm talking about any other race besides white. We cannot talk about them in any type of negative way or else right. we are literally guilty of their blasphemy laws. Correct. Um, and I, and I don't so, want, I want people to be able to criticize white people. Um, but I don't want them to be able to, you know, uh, portray Christ in such a negative light. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting and it's, 
you know, this will kind of get into uh, Tim Keller a little bit, which I'm not sure how many Tim Keller fans we have in our in our chat. I'm gonna guess zero. Um, you know, he recently said he'd rather live in a democracy than a state who's explicitly Christian. And I don't understand that. Sorry, I didn't mean to butt in. I just I don't understand that. Like, if you're a Christian, why would you not want to live in an explicitly Christian society? Right. Well, I mean, that, that kind of gets to it, right? And I, I watched A.D. Robles' video on this topic, and he says, so you would rather your government worship Allah or Molech or Satan or, you know, whatever it is that, that modern pagans worship instead of Christ? <laughs> like... That makes no sense. It's mind-boggling. Uh, you know, God is the king of kings. Christ is the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. And in uh, A.D. Robles cites the, the, the prayer that, the sample prayer that Jesus gave us. And he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're actually praying that God's authority have the same effect on earth that it has in heaven, which means that the magistrates need to obey God. The people need to obey God. They need to not blaspheme the name of God in public. Um, and so, I, you know, I think, I think what we're going to end up having is going to be a tyranny. And it's, I don't, I don't think that we're going to end up having a leftist tyranny. Uh, and I, I don't think that because, what they're doing doesn't work. Um, instead of giving you um, roads and a good legal system, they're going to give you trannies, and they're going to try to get your kids to turn into trannies. And literally nobody wants that for their children, no matter what they say. They may be going along with the trends, but nobody actually wants that for their children. And so people are going to revo revolt. They're going to rebel. I mean, what else are you going to do? Mm. Um, if if you can't rely on the legal system, which we're not, not able to rely on the legal system because it's so one-sided, and if you can't have roads and you can't have a working money supply, uh, it's, this isn't a modern thing. This is just a total, like, life thing this is a, a perennial issue um this is one of the reasons why the roman empire was so successful uh because they actually didn't change your religion when they came in town they added your religion to theirs and they turned you all into romans because they just added their civil government to whatever religion you had but they gave you roads they gave you a, a, a standardized uh relatively fairly enforced legal system and uh, uh, they gave you a, a reliable economy. Every civilization that has done that has been successful and when those three things break down the society itself breaks down. Those are requirements. And because nobody in the United States can agree on anything we can't have those three things. The legal system is just always going to be used, even if we get it, 
even if we get our guys, the based guys, get the legal system, the legal system is going to be used for our political ideology. And the other side knows that. They're not stupid. Um, which is which is why the the only fix for the situation is for people to move into an area that best fits their their mindset. Moving next to people who are like minded to you. Um, and I I I don't see a lot of that actually happening aside from all the big moves from state to state, um, with the. Uh, uh, over the education issue and over the the training issue, I mean that, that's that's what I'm seeing right now. But I don't think that's the same thing because uh, the South is seeing a lot of transplants that don't agree with the South, and so you know they just want our tax breaks. Well, they want our tax breaks, and they want you know to have a little bit less impact on their kids when they send them to school, but. You, sh you know, traditional Southern education wasn't you sending them to public school. It was the father and the mother discipling their children on how to live. That's a podcast in and of itself. Well, we've already I mean, we've, podcast, but you know, we've talked about it several times in our podcasts. But I mean, that that's this is this is the thing, right? Is um, the South has been changed. And not for the better, because of all these transplants. Yeah, and it, it, it's only going to get worse. I mean, and, and until there's a, uh, I don't want to say a strong man, but until there's a, someone to actually step up and lead, it's it's not gonna, it's not gonna get any better. You know, we're just going to continue walking down the same hole until Mississippi and Alabama and well, let's just say, let's just leave Mississippi and Alabama until Florida turns into California. Um, and, and it's because these people that are that are coming that are supposed to be conservative, they're not conservative because they don't know about conserving anything. You know, they're they're just they're just the ones that are headed to the cliff at the speed limit instead of trying to hit the brakes and make a U-turn. Right. You know, they they don't and... actually don't want fundamental change. They just want to live their best life now. And, and a lot of it's the boomers. Um, and and the boomers are going to have to a large portion of the boomers are going to have to go away before any of this changes for the positive. Well, um, hold on, I'm going to have to push back on that because it's not the boomers sending their kids to school right now. It, it, it's the a lot a lot of the people I see moving into you know my area and into Florida are people that are around our age. You know, and I, I'm putting you know that's fair enough side of that. Yeah, uh, and that's because they like oh well. Well, the, the the California public schools is teaching teaching kids to be trans. So I'm gonna go to Florida because you know at least that at least Florida's just okay with gayness and trannyism. You know, they're 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 right. okay they're okay with faggots, but oh no, trannies is just too far for me. You know, not not seeing that one pulled the other one, you know, up the hill with it. Um, I don't know if that was a good analogy, but they're, they're walking hand in hand. Um, and it's just the trannies are you know a little bit further behind. Well, and and so there's a lot of things that uh, you know the South has been known for. Um, I'm reading through uh, uh, Defense of Tradition by Richard Weaver, um, and so there's 
there's some things that the South has been known for that we're, we're actually starting to lose. And a lot of it has to do with um, the attack on farmers, the attack on um, uh, just the rural people in general. Um, and, you know, my state is no exception. A lot of the farmers are under attack. Um, they make a lot of money for sure. Uh, and some of them get quite wealthy out of doing farming. But, you know, selling milk to your neighbor can land you in federal prison. And well, so they know, you know that. Um, yeah, I've seen that one a lot, especially uh, uh, the one case that's sticking in my mind. They they came up to this family homestead and, and they, uh, I think, euthanized all the animals. Recall correctly, they did something extremely humane because you know the government's all about humanity, you know. Right. So they're just gonna kill all your livestock. Um, and, and it was all because oh, they they sold this person raw milk, therefore supposedly evil. So we and, take away their farm. Yeah, and the and the feds didn't have any evidence that they sold the raw milk. It was just a mm. naked claim. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's happened that's happened a lot actually. And it's it's frustrating um, because it makes everything more expensive, which is kind of the point, right? Uh, the feds want it to be more expensive. Um, it, it serves them when things are more expensive. And this goes all the way back to the New Deal um, when, you know, FDR was getting farmers to burn crops, right? Uh, the, the problem is not that we need crops that are more productive, um, you know, I think we talked about this in our uh, a couple of episodes, actually, <clears throat> um, about you know the the actual topsoil losing its um, robustness, us actually losing several feet of topsoil across the continental yeah. United States. Um, topsoil is America's number one export. We export more tons of topsoil. You know, do and when I say export, it wouldn't be so bad if we were getting paid for it. But this is from erosion, uh, wind drift, or you know what gets picked up in the wind. And um, like I, I want to say that the number is like something like 85 percent of all of our topsoil gets washed out down to the Mississippi River. Yeah, and and, and that's and that's part of you know the whole point here, right? Is yeah. that we're losing, we're losing one of the things that made, you know, the whole this, the the heartlands and the South really great areas to not only live but produce crops. Is they've taken away the legal and the financial incentives of growing food or growing crops in general, frankly, and it's all government controlled now. Um, and when I say government controlled, it mean I mean Tyson controls your chicken farm essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, they, they're quote unquote more humane now with their chicken farms, which means that, uh, they just paid off the inspectors to say that they're more humane. Um, they're not actually more humane. So that, that's been, that's been a, a, a big portion of, you know, and you've got Bill Gates and, and BlackRock, buying up all the farming land across the heartlands. And even in my state, Bill Gates is 
bought up a ton of farmland in my estate. Um, and there's this push to get everybody into urban and suburban areas. Big push. Um, and so it started off with financial incentives. Hey, man, look how much money you can make because uh, the government controlled the food anyways. They controlled the food supply. Um, so now they can incentivize you to go make money elsewhere besides the food. Uh, there's this big push for STEM, right? They're going to privilege STEM uh, uh, trades. Uh, they're not going to do anything with actual trades. They're just going to do STEM. And then uh, now you have private companies and private individuals who are deeply connected with these organizations and these government agencies who are now buying up all the farmland. So even if you wanted to go buy farmland, there's a good price. You're going to not only be paying a premium, you know, one and a half to two times what the land's actually worth because they're driving up prices by buying it up at one and a half to two times what the, what the land's actually worth. Um, uh, if you can find it, then they'll regulate you to death. So it's, it's, it's one of those catch 22s where they don't want you buying land and living out in the middle of nowhere, anywhere. They want you living in an urban or suburban area. They want you in a subdivision. Yeah. In, in, in my, in my honest opinion, um, I don't think you should be considered a landowner just because you own a piece of grass in the middle of a, uh, a subdivision. Uh, because that, that that's really not owning property, in my opinion. Um, because you can't do anything with it. You know, land should not be a liability, and most people have land as a liability. Their house is a liability and not an asset uh, because they cannot produce anything on that property. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, crap all over people that, you know, are forced to live in a subdivision or are living in a subdivision. I'm saying that's not optimal nor ideal because that is a waste of space. You're, you're thinking think about what happens whenever you build a subdivision. They're going to go in and just say if it um, let's say it's farmland. OK, they're, they're going to till it or they're going to pack it all down. They're going to pack in roads put asphalt over the top of it. So boom, there you got rainwater that's not being soaked into the ground anymore. And you're essentially packing the ground, making it unusable for the next hundred years. That's if you can get the asphalt up, uh, then you're going to, uh, haul in loads and loads of red clay in, in my area would be red clay. And I think your area would be. Awesome. Yeah. Red clay. Um, and pack it down to make a foundation. By the way, that foundation is not all that great. Because uh, that can wash away, and then and then you're going to build a house on top of that. That's going to be on a slab, not built on piers. So it's, it's built on a slab. So God forbid your clay foundation happens to erode, then your foundation is going to be cracked because the your slab house cannot support the weight of your house. Okay, and, and, and then then you're going to try to put freaking sod over that packed on packed down clay yard that you have quote unquote yard uh lawn whatever you want to call it and um i've literally seen this i've seen this in, in some subdivisions uh especially if it's like first or second year that the house has been there when it rains and someone like walks on the on the yard the sod will literally slide like carpet 
mm-hmm. and you just get bunched up. <laughs> I, I find that yeah. absolutely hilarious because why are you trying to grow grass where it doesn't want to grow? It just it's stupid to me. You're trying to force something to do what it doesn't want to do. Now, on top of that, where you're getting the sod from is some farmer that's leasing out his land because he doesn't want to grow cotton anymore or he doesn't want to raise cows anymore. So instead, he's just going to grow grass and have someone out there cutting an inch of soil all across his field. Okay, so for instance, up the road from my house, there used to be a, um, uh, I remember he had corn out there, he had cotton, and he had peanuts a few times. Um you know, he kind of cycled those out throughout the years. And, and now he's growing sod. Well, he, the his field used to be pretty much level with the road. And now it's, it's, it's significantly lower to where it actually holds water more than it should. Because he decides to scrape off his fertility. And now what's good to grow there? Nothing. So now all of a sudden, since we've lost all this fertility, since we've been rapacious upon the earth, the only thing we can do is is just put a bunch of, you know, little cookie cutter houses out there and make the landscaping look ugly. Somehow we got from social media to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about this? We're, we're we're sitting in about an hour. Let's go ahead and wrap it up, and um, okay, we'll, we'll we'll talk the next time. Yeah, that's fine. I I mean I I don't even know how to close that out. To be honest, if you want to do a closer, you can. Oh, well, I don't know how to do a closer either. But uh, I guess, I mean, we went from so- social media to, to, to being rapacious upon the land. Um, you know, I had to put my one string banjo in there somewhere. Um, you know, we to kind of close us out, we need, we, we need to reinvest in a social media that actually gives us a voice. There, that we can actually spread information, not even just spread information, but so that we can we can talk to one another as peers and, and actually have good conversations. Conversations mm. is how people learn. Yeah, um, that's how we got onto it because I was talking about how Gav was good about farming connections and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, think think about it. We like listening to the Joe Rogan podcast because it's two guys, three guys, just having a long-form conversation. Um, typically, they don't have an agenda or anything like that. They, they might have, you know, like, oh, I need to talk about this book or whatever, but they're just having a conversation. And, right. and I've gleaned more from conversations like that than I ever have um, listening to a lecture or something like that. It, it just sticks in my brain a lot better. Yeah. And, um, and I think that having conversations on social media is, is how we become better. Uh, better how, I don't know. Um, yes, there's there's ways that you can waste time on social media. There's time, you know, you can waste time on, time on anything. But if you're, if you're putting forth the effort to actually have genuine conversations, then I don't think it's fruitless, and I think that we need that. Um, and because our name's Dixie Polis... Uh, we need to actually be the polis. You know what I mean? Right. We we need to have these conversations. We need to to you know be that iron that sharpens the other iron. Um. So that's all. I and have. I and I think that um like I said I think Gab is a good um platform for that. I I've been social media quiet over the 
over the holidays just because I've been focusing on family and taking care of things around the house and uh, things of that nature. But I, I'm going to be more active on Gab in the coming coming year. Um, mostly because uh, I I really think that Gab is is a good place to be. Um, there's going to be trash on no matter what social media website that you're on, right? It, there's always going to be uh, uh, trash. And I don't mean trash people, I mean trash content. Um, but it, it's about finding a place that's going to allow you to talk about what you want to talk about and how you want to talk about it. And and I think Gab really is the only place that's going to allow people to do what they need to do. Um, and so um, I, I'm going to be more active on there, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping uh, that uh, we can we can actually get more of a following and 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 uh, create more of a conversation about the topics that we've been talking about on there. Hey y'all, thanks for listening in on our podcast. If you like what you hear, please share and comment wherever you're listening to it. And check out our Gab page at Dixie Polis Podcast. If you want to contact us, please send an email to DixiePolis at ProtonMail.com or send us a message on Gab. If you like the music we're playing, hang out a little while and let the song finish. It's Wayfaring Stranger by Southern Raised, and you can listen to them on YouTube or go to their website at SouthernRaisedBluegrass.com. God bless y'all. Oh,